What's up, everybody? This is your host, Chris, and you are now tuning in to Episode 5 of Spit That Game. Listen, we've got Week 10 of football for you this week. Not a great weekend of football this weekend, but the biggest game of them all this weekend comes out of the best conference of football, which is the SEC. Listen, we're going to be talking for the next 25 to 35 minutes about some of the things that's going on behind the scenes. So I ask you only to sacrifice the next 25 to 35 minutes of your time with me. I promise you I will not be long. This is your host, Chris. Tune in to episode five of Spit That Game. What's up, everybody? We are back. And you are now tuned into episode five of Spit That Game. Listen, week 10 of college football, not a big weekend of football this weekend, not too many great games going on. The best game this weekend comes out of the best conference of football, which is the SEC. And I promise you, man, I will not hold you long, but I do want to get a little bit deeper into what's going on behind the scenes of some of the teams and some of the schools that have taken place uh, throughout this week, uh, some of the news that's coming out of some of these uh, universities. But I want to kick off and go ahead and get the games out of the way because we're going to save the best for last this weekend, which is the game of the week, in my opinion, the Florida and Georgia game. But first of all, I want to kick this off talking about this Tennessee and UAB game. Um, Tennessee coming off an encouraging win this past weekend against South Carolina, beat them by uh, basically three touchdowns, uh, 41-21 score. They're going into this UAB game with some confidence. And normally this type of game right here is a game where you would say Tennessee should go in this game, dominate just to walk out of uh, Knoxville, walk out of Neyland Stadium, Leland Stadium with a win. But that is not the case this weekend because Tennessee is – Three and five going against a six and one UAB team. Now, now hear this out. Hear me out right here. This UAB defense, this UAB defense, UAB defense is the fifth total defense in the country. And I know we look at all oh, they're playing in the Sun Belt Conference and um, they don't have any competition, but they're still the number five defense in the country. I think Bill Clark is doing a great job up there in Birmingham with this program. You got to think about this. This program was just um, resurrected um, back, what, two, three years ago uh, where they had a dead period where they weren't playing football, didn't have a football program at all. And now they're uh, six and one and, you know, division one football um, in the Sun Belt Conference. And they have a top five defense. Listen to this. They're giving up 160 pass yards a game, 88 rush yards per game, and only giving up 15.7 points a game. This is my opinion. Bill Clark will not be at UAB much longer. I mean, he's doing an awesome job. Back-to-back years where he has a dominant defense. And I just feel like, um, the doors are about to open for him to leave UAB and take on one of these major college programs and see if he can turn one of those programs around that has been struggling for the past couple years. 
But in my opinion, uh, Tennessee must come out and play hard to win this game. Um, I've got a slight feeling this game is going to be closer than advertised. Um, I think Tennessee is the favorite, I want to say, by at least 10.5 points. But right now, I've got Tennessee winning this game by at least 10 points, 10 to 17 points. Um, Tennessee wins this game, but UAB puts up a fight in this game. But Tennessee comes out with the win. Um, UAB, to me, doesn't – I I believe the talent on the depth chart starts to show – when when Tennessee plays this game, UAB keeps it close early, but I got a feeling Tennessee pulls away late, win by 17 to 21 points in this game. Tennessee uh, should win. If they don't win, I'd be surprised. And if they don't win, then there's a lot of question marks with Jeremy Pruitt because Tennessee did lose uh, to Georgia Southern this Georgia Southern this year, or was it Georgia State? One of those two schools they lost to. Um, I think it was Georgia State that they lost to. But either way, they lost to one of those teams. So I believe that they're going to look at that game and not come into this game and take UAB lightly. I got a feeling Tennessee wins this game by uh, 17 points. Uh, moving on to the next game, as I said, there's not much to talk about with these first few games. Um, looking at this U, um, UT at Texas, um, University of Texas, San Antonio versus Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M coming into this game, building upon that win against South Carolina. Uh, lat, not South Carolina. They beat Mississippi State last week. And they're building on that game before they go into playing uh, South Carolina, one of Jimbo's Fisher, Jimbo Fisher's good friends, Will Muschamp, one of his former uh, associates, uh, one of his former um, uh, colleagues on the coaching staff with Nick Saban. Um, I'm looking at the fact that Texas A&M has not had the year that everybody thought they would have. And I, I can imagine they're not having the year that they thought they were going to have. And I just got a feeling that Texas A&M, you know, this this is a building game for them. This is a confidence booster for them. They come out of this game winning by four touchdowns. They should win by four touchdowns or more easily in this game against a three and four uh, UT, UTSA team takes a and m five and three on the year i've got a feeling that looking at their schedule um and 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 i really feel like looking at their schedule texas a&m should uh finish the season out um with at least uh they still got georgia so I say Texas A&M finishes the season out. They still got to play LSU. So they've got two more wins in them before they take uh, a couple more losses. Uh, so they finish the year out uh, maybe, you know, seven and five um, at their best, um, which is not the year that they expected to have. So seven and five, um, I say that, you know, they should – I guess finish the season out with that record. Not a good record, probably for in Jimbo's mind, for the players' mind, for the fan base mind. Uh, but I, I, I believe they're going to give Jimbo another year to build, um, to build that program up. Uh, moving on to the next game, you've got the um, Mississippi State Arkansas game. Um, uh, 
that's a toss up. But I, like I said, Mississippi State three and five this year. Arkansas, um, they're two and six. Not having Mississippi State, not having the year that everybody thought they would. But in my opinion, I believe Mississippi State, um, being that they're three and five, um, of course they're going to go into uh, Alabama. Uh, well, Alabama comes to Mississippi State, they'll lose that game. But in my opinion, they should have three more wins in them. So they finished the year out probably six and six, um, which is you know okay, um, better better. I say Tennessee Mississippi State bills on this year with a freshman quarterback. Um, you know. Kylan Hill should have a good game this game. Schrader should have a good game in this Arkansas game. Um, Arkansas gives up a pretty uh, good bit of of run yardage. Um, They're not great stopping the run. Um, Jerry Jones' grandson played in the Alabama game and looks like he's probably going to go into this game starting as well. Rakeem Boyd, one of the better running backs in the SEC, he has a good game in my belief, and I just got a feeling. But I've just got a feeling Mississippi State uh, walks out of Fayetteville with the win um, this Saturday. Uh, they win by at least two to three touchdowns. Um, Mississippi State walks out with the victory this weekend, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, Mississippi State walks out with the win. And we're going to move on to the next game, uh, Vanderbilt. Versus South Carolina, Vanderbilt, um, South Carolina. South Carolina should win. They're not having the year that the fan base was hoping they would have. Um, Disappointed fan base right now, man. I mean, there are some highs this season. There are some lows this season, especially the highest point of their season this year was them beating Georgia. Um, But the lowest point to me was, I mean, you come off of that Georgia win, you come off playing Florida pretty tough into the fourth quarter, then you go into Knoxville and you lose the the, uh, game by uh, 20 points. And and in my opinion, um, this is a must-win game for Will Muschamp. If he loses this game, I mean, he's pretty much gone out of Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I've got a feeling that South Carolina can finish this season on a high note. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to understand that Will Muschamp is on the hot seat. As I said, we don't have many games to discuss this weekend, but this is one of those things where you have to do it because this is what I like to do, and I have to talk the SEC football. Um, South Carolina wins this game by two touchdowns. If they come out and play the football that I believe they can play on the defensive side and the offensive side. South Carolina wins this game by two or three touchdowns. Um, They better win by two or three touchdowns um, in this uh, weekend. Um, Moving on, moving on. Uh, This is the game I want to talk about a little bit. I want to talk about this Auburn and Ole Miss game next. Uh, Auburn going into this game against Ole Miss, uh, coming off of the loss against uh, LSU. Um, where the offense did not perform well. And I know everybody's saying, well, Auburn's defense, how can you consider them to be an elite defense? And they gave up um, 508 total yards against the LSU team. Uh, but against the LSU team, and I get that question, but here's the answer to that question. When you can hold a team that averages 50-plus points a game 
to 23 points, although they had 508 yards, you have to understand LSU um, was not dominant the whole game on offense. Auburn's defense stayed on the field, if not 90 plays, if not 90 plus, at least close to it. And when you have an offense that that is not doing or keeping the defense on the sideline to get rest, it makes it tough on the defense. And I commend that defense for holding that LSU team to only 23 points with the way the offense played that entire game. Um, and then you've got news, you know, coming out of Auburn, you know, just this week. And as I predicted, uh, I didn't predict it on the podcast, but I did predict to someone that Gatewood more than likely before the year is out would consider transferring because, uh, and it's frustrating, you know, as a young guy, as a red shirt to watch you start a true freshman in front of me. And this guy is not winning the big games. He's not really performing in the big games. And, you know, Gatewood finally made the decision to leave um, out of Auburn. I mean, and I don't blame him. Uh, the kid is is a talented kid, 6'5", 235. I mean, you've got – he's a physical specimen. Um, and and you, you've got to put this guy on the football field. Uh, you've got to make ways to find a way to put him on the field. And Gus just would not do it. And, and you know, as, as – you know, with the way college football goes now – it's easy for someone to say, I'm going to transfer and find a school that's going to take them in and mold them um, into the player that they feel like they should be. And also being able to adapt to some of these kids' abilities, uh, building your offense around the the talent and, and the strengths of these players. So looking at this game, this Ole Miss game, Auburn comes into this game, the defense comes into this game angry, they come in frustrated, they come in upset, and I believe they just dominate on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Ole Miss does have a running quarterback in uh, Plumlee. He's a true freshman, and he has to be careful this weekend because that Auburn defense is looking to tee off on somebody, and what better person to tee off on than a running quarterback that thinks um, he's going to beat us with his feet the entire game. So I've got Auburn winning this game. If the offense comes out and performs and do what they need to do, uh, Ole Miss is giving up 216 rushing yards a game. Auburn is averaging at least 270 rushing yards. I believe Auburn established the run in this game. Don't try to do much too much with Bo Nix and just allow the Auburn run game to pretty much just do what they do, allow the defense to dominate on the defensive side of the ball, and Auburn wins this game by at least two or three touchdowns. If Ole Miss comes out of Jordan-Hare Stadium with a win, then I would be totally surprised. But I'm suggesting that Auburn comes into this game angry to make a statement because they still have a lot to play for. Um, so I just believe that Auburn wins this game um, going into the – not the Georgia game, the Georgia game, uh, Auburn wins this game. Um, does Auburn play Georgia after this weekend? Uh, let me look at my uh, – so yeah, I think I think Auburn does play uh, Georgia after this weekend. Yep, they do. So they should, um, coming into this game, 
building up uh, into that Georgia game next weekend. Uh, I think Florida's going to soften Georgia, soften Georgia up a little bit for Auburn. So, uh, and, and it's going to be tough for Georgia as well, coming off of you know. Well, I talk about that the next you know part of the the this segment with with the games when I talk about the Florida Georgia game. But Auburn should, um, I believe, I believe they come out and just prepare themselves, dominate this game, and look forward to Georgia next week. Um, and I believe that's going to be a good game, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, moving on to, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit and move outside of the SEC because, like I said, I'm gonna save the best for last um, in this episode. Uh, we've got a significant game in the Pac-12, Oregon versus USC, and I know you're saying, hey, um, they they don't matter. Well, uh, USC in this instant they don't matter, but uh, in, a, in, in a ways they do because USC is still um, in contention to play for the Pac-12 championship. And the biggest hope for the Pac-12 right now to make the college football playoff is Oregon. Oregon um, is, the, is, the, is the biggest hope for, the Pac, for a Pac-12 team to make the college playoff. Right now they're number seven. Utah is right there at number nine. But I just believe Oregon goes into um, Southern Cal. They they win this game uh, at least by two touchdowns. Just, Justin Herbert on the season only has one interception. So he's been playing exceptionally well for the Oregon Ducks. And I just really believe that Oregon goes into Southern Cal and wins this game at least by two touchdowns. Uh, they established the run with that offensive line, and Justin Herbert throws the ball probably 25 to 28 times, maybe for 250, maybe three touchdowns, four touchdowns. And I just believe Oregon um, really keeps themselves after this weekend in the conversation to make the college football playoffs. You got to think about it. In that Auburn game early in the year, they were down four of their top receivers in that game and they only lost to Auburn in the last second so being a Pac-12 team they competed with an SEC team and that looks that loss on their resume right now looks good in my mind even if even still Auburn lost two um, games but they lost to the number one team in the country by three points and they lost to Florida well Florida beat them pretty well down in Gainesville but they did lose to a uh, undefeated LSU number one team in the country by three points. So that um, is, is still looking good on Oregon's resume. Now moving on to the final game of the weekend that I want to talk about that I would like to discuss is this Georgia-Florida game. Listen, I believe right now, uh, I'm not going to go too far into it, uh, Georgia and Florida is the game to watch because even though Georgia lost that game to South Carolina, they they control their own destiny. Um, they could still win the East. They could still play in the SEC championship and win the SEC championship conference to go to the playoffs. So in my belief, I'm believing that if Georgia wins this game, they put themselves back in the conversation to make the college football playoffs. They jump down to at least number six or five after this weekend if they win. The key factor for Georgia this weekend will be can they establish the run to make 
make it easier for Jake Fromm to um, get the ball downfield off of play action. Georgia's offense this year, they don't have too many explosive plays through the air this year. They don't have a lot of um, downfield passes this year. They have not been able to stretch the field this year. And you're going against a Florida secondary that's pretty good. Uh, That's one of the better secondaries in college football. You're going against a good Florida defense that can stop the run. Um, Although South Carolina kind of gashed them a little bit, Florida was kind of uh, depleted on defense by injuries a little bit. And I just believe with Florida getting healthy this weekend, uh, Georgia's really going to have to work on the offensive side of the ball as far as running the ball. And Swift, Heron, and White, and Cook will have to do it by committee uh, this weekend. Also, Florida on the offensive side of the ball has been getting better. Uh, P. Ryan has been getting better. The key players for Florida and uh, Georgia this weekend will be the quarterback play. Can the quarterbacks um, move the ball on third down? Uh, can they uh, keep the ball and the time of possession going to keep the ball out of the other team's hand, which run game will uh, establish themselves to be dominant this game, and which defense will make the big play. Jake Fromm uh, said it this week that um, Georgia's not going going to change what they do. They're just going to do what they do and get better at what they do, which is to run the football. So in my opinion, I believe... Uh, Georgia comes out um, this Saturday and they attempt to establish the run. I do believe they have some plays that they're going to allow themselves to run that Florida hasn't seen on film. They're going to take advantage um, of Florida a little bit this weekend uh, because Florida hasn't seen them. Georgia had a bye week last week, so in my belief, and, and also Florida did as well, Um, So I'm believing that this is going to be a weekend, uh, a game of a a chess match. It's going to be a chess match. Which defense um, can confuse uh, the quarterback? Which running game can establish itself? And which quarterback um, poises himself the most to win his team the game? Which team can keep the ball and keep the chains moving on third down in this game the most. I believe that's what this game is going to come down to um, in the last few minutes, in the last quarter maybe. Um, Kirby Smart, uh, a lot of frustrated fans in Athens right now, frustrated with the way the offense has been playing. They want to see a change of things on the offense. And honestly, you know, Georgia fans, you just have to be patient. Uh, Jake Fromm is not a spread quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to win you the game um, by throwing the ball 30-plus times without having to run a play-action fake at least uh, 12 times a game. And it it reminds you a little bit of the early Alabama years where Alabama would have a quarterback um, that would manage the game, throw the ball 20 to 25 times, run the ball at least 35 Uh, to 38 times a game and dominate the run game and let your defense uh, dominate, uh, keep your defense on the sideline so they can keep – that's what it kind of of looks like a little bit. They they look more like the Alabama teams in the last – before these last two or three years where they had 
to change the way they uh, ran their offense. So I've in my prediction, I've got it, and and I'm going to just going to be honest. I've got Florida edging Georgia this weekend. I've got Florida edging Georgia by seven points. I've got Florida winning this game by seven points. Um, and I believe it's going to come down to a late drive. That's my prediction. I've got Florida winning. Uh, Georgia fans, don't be mad with me. But I just believe Florida has the edge right now on, on the offensive side of the ball when you look at the way things have been flowing um, this year for Georgia. Um, so I think that's that's that, that about wraps up uh, the predictions for this weekend coming up for this Saturday, uh, week 10 of football. But I do, before I leave, have a quote for you. I never want to leave you without a quote. Um, this quote is a good quote. I like the quote um, very much so. Um, the quote is from the great uh, Lou Holtz. Uh, Lou Holtz said, he said, your talent determines what you can do. Your motivation determines how much you're willing to do. And your attitude determines how well you do it. So, guys, listen, man, your talent determines what you can do, meaning if you have the ability, then you can do it. But your motivation determines how much you do, uh, meaning uh, are you motivated enough that even if you have the talent, are you willing to be motivated enough um, to do it with with persistence and with consistency and then uh, your attitude determines how well you do it meaning uh, if you're not passionate about it you're not really going to give it your all but if you are passionate enough about it about it then your passion and your talent mixed together will um, get you over the hump listen you've been with me for the past 25 I want to say 25 to 27 minutes I promise you, I told you I wouldn't hold you long, and I did not hold you long, as always. But listen, guys, I appreciate you tuning in and sacrificing these past 25 to 35 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, guys, minutes with me. This is your host, Chris. Thank you for tuning in. You're now, I'll talk with you on Sunday, maybe Monday, after podcast out. Hopefully, next episode out on Monday and Tuesday. This is your host, Chris. This is Spit That Game. Peace out.